Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Tyler has fun on Yagi. Dude, we have so much stuff to talk about. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a doozy. It'll be interesting, and we should just roll in. Are we recording? Yeah. We're okay. recording. Let's roll in. All right. All right. Oh. oh. I'm, I'm going to no, lead it off. By all means. By all means. <laughs> well, before we get to the most important part of the podcast that everybody just tunes out after, I've got a present for you, Tommy. Really? Yeah. You got any guesses? I'm so bad at accepting presents. Oh, um, boy. You're going to need to be excited for this one. Is it a backhand? <laughs> no, no. There's some things money can't buy. Yeah, correct. Um, no. So after you just gave me a blank stare yes, last <laughs> podcast when I was trying to plug ProXR, yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more overt this time. Okay. So, Thomas, I brought you the wow, brand new wow, wow, ProXR wow. standard paddle. All right. And thank you for now acknowledging this. <laughs> Mine to keep? <laughs> Yours to keep? Go for it. Yeah. Now, was... I can't find you a backhand, unfortunately, but it yeah, can give was... you some pretty good spin. That was funny. I don't, I don't know what happened, but you, you, because you ignored my question to like plug Proxer. <laughs> and I was like, all right, but answer my question. But I didn't realize what you're doing. I definitely didn't. Totally over my head. Yeah, no, we just sort of stared at each other for a couple of seconds there. <laughs> yeah. So this one is brand new, just launched, and it is a slightly different shape than mine. It's a more standard shape, 16 okay. by 8. Looks a little bit bigger than the uh, than the other one. I figure that will probably be good for you and all of your mishits. So give it a whirl. Maybe it'll get your duper up from a four. So this is called the standard. That's the name of this thing? It's the standard. So this is like – this is – Middle of the road paddle based on everything, like is, is kind of what like the premise is. Yeah, it's a very uh, just sort of normal shape. My my paddle was a little bit more elongated. I think this is a paddle that is good for somebody regardless of whether they have a one handed backhand, two handed backhand, whatever. There's a lot of surface area on the paddle. Good spin, good power. Yeah, it's just a, a good good. It's a more all-around paddle than the one that I designed for myself. Right, 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 right. Um, gonna have to put some grips on this thing, make it a little thicker. You do you, brother. You do you. Do you? How do you do your grips? It's a good little uh, segment for those, you know, sort of beginner pickleballers. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I always. Uh... I watch a video of Ben doing his grips, and he like takes off the first grip, and then he puts on two jigsaw grips, and then he puts on an over grip. Do you think he actually puts on a jigsaw grip? Uh, yeah, because or do you I think saw that was for the no, video. He did that, you no, know, because he he does it because the jigsaw ones have like the raised text, so it gives it this more like gritty feel. Huh. Um, but because he did that same video like over two years ago, and he did the same thing, so I assume he actually does that. Interesting. So but he I has just put three the, grips on it. Yeah. Wow. So I don't take the the base grip off. I just put one over grip on top of it. And here's a tip. If you guys are not putting an overgrip on your paddle, what are you doing? <laughs> it is it's life changing. It's so much better. The the base grips are always pretty slippery, so do yourself a, a favor, go buy a, a Pro XR grip, a Wilson grip, a Yonex grip, uh, or a Turna grip. Any of those are better than your standard grips. So if if you don't have an overgrip, it's like in lacrosse, if you spot a kid with um ankle socks and he has cold ankles all time chirp back in the day in lacrosse it's just how you spot like a, a noob out a there. noob yeah cold ankles yeah Those well, ankles I, look yeah cold. i need to i need to brush up on my lacrosse lingo I, I played i played i always say this i played lacrosse in michigan i was a great michigan lacrosse player like i was was good thought maybe i could play in college and then i went and played one year on the east coast totally different animal and that was the first time i got the chirp that my my uh my anchor your my ankles, ankles were, were out. cold and my soccer <laughs> my soccer cleats were uh i was i was looking like a bender out there so oh a bender learning experience yeah that's a hockey term that's been reappropriated for uh, uh lacrosse so wow the more you okay. know 
Look at that. The, um, the ding, the pickle pod, your number one source for lacrosse lingo. Yeah. Um, all right. Who, what, what should we start with? We have a huge list here. Um, I just, I was just watching the Tyler Loon podcast, which is phenomenal, by the way. You say you haven't watched it yet. Here's what no, you I'm not a big fan of Tyler Loon. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Listen, I'm just kidding. Get in line. Get in line with his, uh, his, his uh, co-host, That's a joke, Jimmy. everybody. You'll, you'll figure out why that's a joke in a, in a minute. But he did tell me an all tough to kiss one time. That's another story. Yeah, that's... Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I did to you when you brought up the Brux. Anyway, uh, he will literally just pull up clips. Like He pulls up a clip of K-Mac on the Tyson McGuffin podcast calling... Uh, Tyler Loon arrogant and he just like plays it and he's like what do you think about that and then he pulls up a clip of Riley Newman being like I don't I don't even look in uh, Tyler Loon's direction he's like what do you think about that so this Jimmy guy is just not afraid to to sling it how come we why don't we have that (laughs) I don't know I don't know (laughs) why don't we have that I don't know so anyway Jimmy is is not we're gonna fall down these podcast ratings that we came up with um, yeah, well, okay, well, this Loons is my number one right now, by far. It's so the anyway, only one I listen to all the way through because I'm like, I don't know what's about to be said. <laughs> so who's this Jimmy guy? I don't know his background. I assume he's in Utah with Tyler, but he seems to be very plugged in into the circles, and he, he knows what's going on. He knows all the stuff um, that we're not supposed to talk about, and he talks about it. And uh, I don't know, he just seems to be very, very plugged in. And I'll, I'll say this, too. I love Tyler. He was always one of like the nicest people to me when we were first touring with the PPA. He would always come uh, talk to me. I would not call him arrogant by any means. I will call him out, though, and say he knows what he's doing having Jimmy there, right? (laughs) He's saying, oh, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Jimmy is his mouthpiece, essentially. (laughs) And Jimmy will go out there and sling it. And then Tyler can be like, wasn't me. Yeah, I'm sure. uh, So when all the... There were, there were some OG troll accounts. There were some OG meme accounts. And a lot of people thought it was Tyler. Because Tyler, like, mm-hmm. once you get to know him, like, he is kind of a savage. He, he yeah. makes some of these memes. Like, I'm pretty sure he's the one that made, like, the, the Jeff Warnick paddle throw video. Oh, yeah. As well as, like, the Zane Affleck running some lady over video. Right, right, right. They, they had a good story. If we had a Zane Jamie Affleck. like they do, like, we, uh, we, we could pull those up. But... I also I respect Tyler a lot because he is a he's a very good business mind in in pickleball. Like he's got his fingers in a lot of different things. Now seeing him do a podcast and smart to have him have a uh, somebody who isn't afraid to to <laughs> yeah. pop off next yeah. to him. Yeah, that's that's solid. Now I'll tell the story about the the time where me and Tyler got into it, which okay. I think is a pretty funny story. Yeah, let's hear it. I was playing with my my boy Altoff. I think it was 2020. He and I were playing in Las Vegas, and we were playing against Eric Lang and Tyler in a backdrop match. And I think we started off pretty slow, and then we got kind of hot. Like Altoff won a couple hands battles. He was starting to you know hip thrust, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we got down something like 14-8. And we just grinded, we grinded, grinded. And I think we won like 1917. And I think we won like the last three points came back from like 1617 all the way to 1917. And Altoff is just getting louder and louder and louder. And we like, we chest bump after we win. And (laughs) Loon goes, are you guys going to kiss too? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like in the moment, like I was kind of pissed off. So we 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 definitely exchanged words. And I was like, "Hey, sorry, Loon, you choked, but that's okay." Right. And Eric Lang was just sitting there, being Eric Lang, being the, just like the nicest guy ever. And Altoff and me are like just chirping at, at Lug. So we were weren't on good terms for for a little bit there. But like looking back at it, I think it's a pretty funny comment. Credit where credit is due. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I can take it as much as I can dish it out. Yeah, game recognized game. Yeah, so me and Loon, you know, we don't really hang out, but we're cool. I'm like him and Riley. But so his this podcast, I think, has, in my mind, brought to light all of the animosity lately. And when you think about it, a lot of these players now have podcasts and they've all been calling each other out. 
and now there's Twitter and they're calling each other out. So let me go over a, a few of these and then I want to hear your thoughts. Spicy. <laughs> so uh, Riley Newman on the Brionis podcast says he's not friends with Ben and doesn't like Colin. And uh, he also had the whole thing about not tapping paddles, which we, we should talk about. Um, Braverman calls out Tyler for like rolling his eyes and being a bad partner. Then Loon calls out Braverman and goes, I'd rather be an eye roller than a cheater on Loon's podcast. Uh, this Jimmy guy, like he addresses the elephant in the room with Annalie and Alshon. Oh, he went there. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. And he's just like generally not a, a f- afraid to to sling it. I think on the MacGuffin podcast lately, he's been calling out a bunch of players. So is, uh, so has K-Mac. I mean, MacGuffin was talking about uh, Riley Newman's on-court antics. Uh, K-Mac called Loon arrogant on the show. Uh, and then Jimmy played it for Tyler on the, on the <laughs> podcast. On It Feels Right, Adam and, and, um, and Rob are talking about Leia on Twitter and how Leia, Leia goes after... Uh, Tyson and calls him like a little boy for looking over at a sideline all the time to like his mental coach or something like that. Um, and uh, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of, of other stuff. And I think Tyson McGuffin made a decent point where he was like in basketball, football, there's all sorts of stuff like that. And I agree to an extent, but that's like the, the on court stuff, right? Now, all of this chirping and animosity is happening in these podcasts on Twitter in these other places and everybody's just going at each other's throats. What do you, what do you think about this? I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I said a little while ago that the Kumbaya era ended major league pickleball, uh, in the beginning of this year, like we're done. I think pretending to all get along and be friends, but I want to dive into some of this stuff that you just talked about. Like, where do we, where do we start? Start from the top. Let's, let's dissect this. So Riley was saying that he's just like, he's not friends with Ben. He doesn't like Colin. And generally there are certain players that he won't even look in their direction. One of them is, is Tyler. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody's not too many people are friends with Ben. He keeps to himself, right? For the most part, he's got his kind of tight crew, and Riley's definitely not in it. Yeah. Um, Colin, it's okay. I hate Colin too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I like Colin because I like to I like to hit net cords against Colin. That that tickles my fancy. <laughs> but um, and then his reactions. They are they are great. I do I do actually at this point live for that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah live for that. Pretty good. So I played I played Colin actually in in austin just practice last week and we had actually played a match in atlanta where i hit a good amount of net cords and he wasn't super happy about it very first point of our practice match i hit a drive that does colin's two most hated things in the entire world it clipped off the tape and didn't clip off the tape and just go past him clipped off the tape and like hit him in the chest <laughs> yeah. and like deckles on the court you know trying to contain himself like you know he's the, he thinks it's funny ben i don't know what he did he probably just rolled his eyes and walked back to the, to the baseline colin is just standing up there like questioning life <laughs> and me i was just unapologetically laughing my ass <laughs> yeah. off which only frustrates him more <laughs> No, Colin is he's a really good sport actually. He's okay. he he takes shit like pretty well. Yeah. So, added to the swear jar. I'm a, I'm at 10 for today. What do I do? I don't You're know. Just, just do a plus 10. There we go. We'll just a tally. tally action a little hard to do for No, he takes he takes it. He takes it well. But anyway, just it's, a sidebar. Colin generally like I know he goes at Riley pretty hard cuz they have that that tension as I just said. I mean, they're they're not like pretending there's no tension they don't like each other is he chirpy like that to anybody else does he get vocal out there i mean not in any match that i've really watched i mean him and ben i don't think really chirp anybody other than riley a little bit Mm -hmm. because he pulls it out of him yeah maybe and riley and men's is riley and matt is probably the only team that's consistently threatening to them yeah right yeah yeah yeah, right (laughs) you know if warnick was gonna was to be out there warnick could talk crap Mm -hmm. all day and 
Ben and Colin would probably just laugh. Yeah. Because he's not a threat, right. right? It's a little bit different when it's like it's an intense match. So, oh, you know what? Colin and um, Julian, I think, had gotten into it in the past. I don't think Colin enjoys the the really loud Andiamos. <clears throat> Most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think generally Ben and Colin are respectful on the court. Almost always, I think that Riley bring and and Julian can bring it out. You know? Right. And right, right. I like to see it. I'm there yeah. for it. Okay. Next one was so, yeah. Braverman on her podcast says that you know Loon's like not a great partner or in that in that tournament wasn't. I think it was Newport. He's rolling his eyes at her. It's very discouraging. Um, and then Loon says, "I'd rather be an eye roller than a cheater." Same. <laughs> Agreed. Same. I would agree. Yeah, Jilly Jilly B has been popping off on the podcast a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I was mentioned in one of her uh, one of her most recent videos, which I thought was an an interesting take, where she was saying she compared like all the crazy stuff that some of the guy players have done, and then is wondering like you know why there seems to be a, a double standard where if she does something crazy, she's she's called out for it, right? Like, so one of the things out there was was me with the Rafa stare down. Mm-hmm. There was Pablo with the bird. Um, yeah. I don't think that counts. Toward, that, doesn't, no, 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 that doesn't count towards a swear jar. Sorry, wasn't a swear. We're on a budget. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to answer those questions, by the way. Let's not forget we're gonna, to do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up that way. Okay, cool. Rapid fire. Cool. We won't forget. We raised $170 from him. We can't forget. Um. Nice. So yeah, I don't I don't know if it's a I don't think it's a double standard. I, I just don't think that I don't think that playing the, the the gender card and saying like look look at what all these guys do and they don't get called out for. I don't think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Like we get called out if we do stupid stuff. I think Jill might be one of the few females that is doing being out there on the court, right? You know, right. falling down or arguing with refs or you know doing whatever, right? I don't know if it's a double standard or, yeah, yeah, she she spends some time on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Well, the most famous one and is how she really like burst onto the scene as the villain like two years ago or whatever was when she served into the open court after a timeout against Vivian David. Do you remember that? Of course I remember that. It was was, very confusing to watch that on stream. Like it was, I I couldn't understand what was happening. But she, she ended up coming out and like making a statement. Yeah, I think she she didn't apologize for it. She's like, yeah, that's part of the part of the rules. And to to a certain extent, I I can understand. Like, she would have lost her serve if she didn't, which I think could have maybe been handled better. But I don't think there's a double standard. I think people are called out where they deserve to be called out. I just think that there are more guys on the tour that are like willing to do stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> myself included. All right. Like well. I asked Connor on the live stream. He was watching my match, my singles match against Pablo in Atlanta, and apparently, I was talking to him, and apparently he got picked up by the mics. I asked Connor if I would, how much I would get fined if I, first off, I asked him if I would get fined if I flipped off Pablo. He said yes, (laughs) and I was like, okay, how much would I get fined? He was like, I can't say that. My next question was like, okay, well, would it be worth it? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> I walk back and he didn't notice it. And I don't think any cameras picked it up. But like I hit a, a winner or I lost a point. I walk back from the net and I'm holding a middle finger only so that he could see it as I'm walking back. Connor Pardo. Yeah. Party Pardo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. He's fun. To, he's fun to mess around with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good sport. Yeah. Um, so don't retroactively find me. You guys can't find me now. <laughs> Nobody saw it. Statute of limitations. Yes, thank Once you. Once you're at the next tournament, you can't retroactively find. I you're agree. welcome, PPA, for that policy. You there can, we go. You can enact that. Um, all right, yeah. So Tyson, though, is – I think one of the things about Tyson's podcast is they sat there and they talked for 10 minutes about how they don't understand why – players are calling each other out and you know why they're being petty on social media and on these podcasts all while they're kind of doing the exact same thing right 
And oh, I mean, what? Yeah, what? What on earth? Tyson, a couple weeks ago, he's got those glasses on. He's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck DJ. <laughs> Basically, yeah. more or less. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you can add. You can add for that one. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I just don't respect him at all. Uh, that seems like a that seems like a shot to me. Yeah. Right. Um, and but his and the point they were trying the the way they were trying to differentiate themselves or Tyson specifically was like well there's the on court stuff and then there's the off court stuff it's like well now they're on the podcast uh, doing the exact same thing and um, what exactly were, was he calling people out about um, let's see I, I wrote some of it down. Oh, yeah, he called out DJ. Let's see. He called out, yeah, he called out Riley. Um, I should have written more of these down. But you have to go watch this segment, and I'll, I'll send it to you. And then they start they start kind of saying, like, they start trying to come up with, like, a reason for why it's happening, right? And they sort of went on this tangent about how tennis isn't like that, which I don't necessarily agree with. And then they kept bringing up clout chasing. Like, this is an attempt at clout chasing, like the Twitter stuff, for example, or the podcast stuff. What clout is there to chase at this point, right? Like, I, I don't see how stirring up drama is a way of chasing clout i mean i can see it you're just in the center of the the conversation right like you you, you know the dink picks it up or the podcasts pick it up or the troll accounts pick it up and you are like the troll accounts the troll accounts <laughs> hey shay <laughs> i didn't make hey shay's top favorite pro pickleball players so we are now because you keep mortal, calling her a troll mortal enemies we're mortal enemies you call her a troll too sometimes it's the technical term. <laughs> All right, the technical term. Let's not get into the minutiae. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's a way of being in the center of the, the conversation. And I think that I think that people are understanding that growing an audience requires some authenticity. And when you have a platform and the more comfortable you get on your platform, probably the more likely you are to speak your true opinions Mm -hmm. now more of these players have platforms and pop off yeah i don't and a lot of us do this because pickleball is still very much like a a hustle sport right a lot of us are teaching clinics we're we're, we have sponsors we're doing you know um we're doing podcasts we're just trying to grow our brand in a way that you don't necessarily need to if you're a good enough tennis player right you're a good enough tennis player you don't need to mess around with a with a podcast or with doing tennis clinics right we need to get what we can right we need to grow what we can and you know we might have a pretty limited life in pickleball so mm-hmm. we're trying to make a name for ourselves and that can be good bad or ugly and it could involve some drama sure There's no better way to make a name for yourself than drama right i i think of it as kind of like a tell me if you agree with this i think of it as almost like a high school or really any social environment where you collect a certain amount of people and you put them together and they're together often, people are going to start sleeping with each other. <laughs> people are going to start developing their their beefs. There's going to be... Pissing in planters. A lion. <laughs> yeah, there's, right. That was another thing that uh, Jimmy had uh, addressed on the on the Loon podcast. Um, but, you know, you're, you're kind of just seeing these social dynamics play out as they would in high school, but then you're also adding in money on the line future like what's your future what's your future career going to be um just trying to create a, a sustainable life for yourself there's just much more on the line so that just is fuel on this already contentious environment that i would liken to just being in like high school essentially right yeah and i suppose you know you see somebody else do it and then it becomes slightly more normal like somebody had to be the first one to to do it to to pop off and to say stuff yeah and then it becomes easier and easier to exactly to do it and now the floodgates have opened oh the floodgates are oh yeah yeah absolutely and i think it's only going to get more interesting because now they are they're all responding to each other one person says something and then the other person responds to that and then you know they call somebody else out and it's like this chain reaction and so we're i think we're in the we're in the throes of the first wave of just like people feeling the freedom to 
say what's on their mind, call people out when they feel it's necessary. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting for a little bit, but I think it's going to get old. Like, I bet you this, I bet you the NBA had a, a series of time where this was happening all the time and people were super into it. And if it continues to keep happening, people will will sort of forget about it or only tune into like the the bigger stuff yeah right like i mean even even now i'm sure there's a ton of stuff happening behind the scenes but like the dylan brooks guy who called out lebron mm-hmm. in uh in the playoffs like that was that was a pretty big deal and that got people interested i i didn't know who the hell mm-hmm. dylan brooks was mm-hmm. before that mm-hmm I don't know. I think it gets people interested. I think some of it will get will get old. Some people will don't want anything to do with this or don't care. But for a little while, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be common for a little while. Yeah, you've done a good job of staying at even though you're like (laughs) you have a podcast, you're creating content all the time. You've done a good job of kind of staying out of the the crossfire up to this point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I. I guess I don't I'm not a adversarial person like I'm pretty much just mean to everybody in a nice way <laughs> like I like whenever I talk to somebody pretty much everything I say to them is like an insult <laughs> so here's the thing like I, I just say it all the time maybe people don't listen to me anymore but like if Riley says it like you suck or something like oh wow Riley's an ass but if I say it you're like oh yeah Zane's always an ass um, okay, one other thing that uh, Tyler had gone over on his podcast, I wanted to get your your thoughts on this was, so he's playing with a new paddle, Vulcan had just come out with a new paddle, uh, USA Pickleball says it passed, he's getting ready to go and like, you know, um, actually get on a flight to go to, I think it was Atlanta, and then Vulcan calls and says, well, actually USA Pickleball called again and said it failed a second test, for some reason they did a second test. So Tyler calls the PPA is like, all right, well, I can't play. So withdraw me. And then three hours later, he gets another call and he didn't specify whether it was USA Pickleball or the PPA or Vulcan who, who made this call, but said, actually, it, it did pass and, and you can play. Yikes. <laughs> Brutal. Um, any of this? addressed by usap or Mm -mm. anything anything Mm -mm. any public statements Mm -mm. i love the transparency there (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean really this is just what tyler says and i i believe it just knowing having you know worked with and and heard different things that have gone on with with paddle testing and the and the approval process it's still very much bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a good look. And I think it could be, yeah, more transparent. I also think, you know, you, to a certain extent, if you're trying to play with a paddle the day it's approved, that's kind of rough. Like, give it a couple days to, to get fully sorted out. So I'd say it's, yeah i mean i'd say it's it's annoying on on all ends and it sucks that you're dealing with that on the day of but maybe just try and play with it the next tournament i don't know or or have it approved far enough before the the launch but yeah i believe every part about that story speaking of paddle approval speaking of launch and speaking of zane affleck let's tie three ideas (laughs) oh boy uh there's also the story of Zane Affleck at a tournament um, when they like first ever started testing paddles and his paddle was challenged. And when the ref came over to ask for his paddle, he just launched it <laughs> over the fence. So <laughs> I've, like... I've never heard this story before. I just I wonder which tournament this was at. But yeah, again, yeah. L- literally none of this surprises me about <laughs> Zane Affleck. Yeah. There's a time in pickleball where everyone called me baby Zane because I was the new the new Zane. Right. And he had been around for a while. He had been around for a little while. Um, that is a guy that there are some serious, serious stories about. Yeah. My well, first interaction with him was at the, the 2019 U S open. We played first round 
he showed up he showed up late enough to get forfeited the first game won the second game and then like defaulted so we're tied one one he's only actually won he's the only one that's actually won a game and then pulled out at the beginning of the third and i was like you know i asked him afterwards i was like dude what's up with that and he didn't really have anything to say about the match, but he told me about how he like changed his name, the spelling of his name several times for tax reasons. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know, I'm a CPA, right? That's yeah. that. That's not how that works. <laughs> right. And the story is we'll have to tell you'll have to tell Adam Stone to tell this story on the on the It Feels Right podcast because I can't do it justice. And I don't know if Adam Stone is actually the correct one, but. You'll have to ask him to tell the story about how Zane Affleck stole a McLaren from a host for a little while. He ended up giving it back, but it was stolen for a period of time. So we we thought uh, pissing in planters and and late night ruckus was a problem. But yeah, actually, try uh, having your McLaren stolen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll give the Spark Notes summary, and Adam Stone will tell it way better. But basically, <laughs> we were at the Texas Open a couple of years ago. This was probably like 2018, so a while. And we had very nice host families. Like I remember staying at a at an awesome place. I've I've still stayed in touch with the people that hosted me, and very very wealthy area. I think Kyle Yates was staying with this host family and Zane, like the, the Sunday uh, or Saturday of the tournament is like, Hey, you got a place to stay. And Kyle's like, where have you been staying for the last two days of the tournament? Like, sure. I can ask anyway, great house. And the story goes, the, the guy who owns the house took them for a ride in one of his several cars. And the next day, Kyle like Ubers to the to the courts and allegedly, as the story goes, I wasn't there, I was not a witness to this. You can't sue me. Allegedly, Zane the next morning didn't make the Uber with Kyle. He slept in or something, and then rummaged through a couple drawers, found some McLaren keys, and made his way over to the tournament. And, uh, yeah, there were some serious threats of, of cops being called and whatnot, but, uh, ended up all being okay. So, so we should actually be commending him for his dedication to the sport, showing up, showing up on time, willing to steal a McLaren to get to his, uh, pickleball match. That's one take. (laughs) That's one take. That's my take. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to get somebody on here who can tell some some Zane Affleck stories. You know who has the best stories, and you know who should have a podcast? Joey Farias. Joey Farias is like a he knows everything about pickleball. Tells the the best best stories. We'll get him on here someday. Um, all right, quick quick thing I saw that I thought was really interesting, and maybe so we're not going to put this out. I think until Monday, because. Um, we don't want to conflict with uh, the PPA this weekend. Everybody's watching the live stream. But I saw on LinkedIn, because I follow Genius Sports, which is the betting partner for a PPA, Well, they've been working out a deal for like two years. All right. Let's talk Gamma. We all know Gamma. Elevate your game and withstand the heat with the new Obsidian Paddle from Gamma Pickleball. They just came out with the new one. The Gamma Obsidian Pickleball Paddle is available in both a 13mm and 16mm core and features a raw carbon fiber hitting surface for massive spin. That's why Tyson Apostle is so good because he plays with Gammas. We'll see if he starts playing with the uh, Obsidian here. Increase your swing speed and add power to your shots with the Obsidian. Get yours at gammasports.com and use code DINK10, all caps, DINK10, for 10% off. That is DINK10 at gammasports.com for 10% off. They announced that they had uh, released their solution for uh, pickleball and how they're partnering with the PPA and stuff like that. So I start trying to do some digging. I'm asking around, and there's no further information on this. No press release, no statement. Even Genius didn't have like an article or anything. It was just this like rogue LinkedIn post. 
So I wonder, are we actually there now? Are we actually going to see pickleball um, have sports betting? Or is this just kind of like, you know, two years ago when they came out with the announcement and then absolutely nothing happened? So I, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine a world where this is in effect before players have some form of integrity training or sign off on this, right? Like, if I'm playing in this tournament, I don't think that that they can just have betting on my stuff. Like, wouldn't I have to consent to that? I'm sure it's in my PPA contract, right? But like, or maybe it's in some some deal where you sign up for the tournament and you're acknowledging that betting could occur. But what I really can't fathom would be having actual betting before we've done some form of like integrity training. And I think that's something that Connor had discussed while we were on here. I think it's something that's pretty commonplace, having some form of integrity training. So maybe it's a step in the correct direction. Maybe they've figured out some things and understand how it's going to be implemented. But I don't think it can happen until we've like been talked to or briefed about it. Right. I mean, I'm just to me, it's just so odd that they would like do a LinkedIn post and there's absolutely nothing else on it. It's almost like the social media manager over there got a, a little ahead of himself. Yeah, we had this post scheduled for June first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it is inevitable. I mean, the secret the secret's out. It's just it's not when if it's when, right? So, I think I think we're probably still a couple months away from it. But yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be good for the good for the sport in the macro sense of things. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest proponent. It'll help grow the sport. I think that's, Tim Parks is the take. biggest proponent, but I think you might be a close, close to second. Um, why aren't you playing singles this weekend? I uh, the the tournament weekend actually moved, so it was originally going to be the last weekend of May, and I am going to New Mexico to run some pickleball clinics. Oh, okay, so you're not playing at all this weekend. I am not playing at all this weekend. Interesting. Got it. Um, okay, yeah. let's let's it's touch on the uh, NYC Open. Um, and most notably Vuk, Vuk, Vukovic, because that's the only way to properly say his name, and uh, William Sobek. So Sobek finally gets a, a, a pro gold. I mean, he's been around for, for a while. I think we talked about this. Yeah, right? he was playing pro stuff before before I was. Like, I think I played him as early as, like, 2018. So he's been around him and him and Rossi. Him and Rossi beat me and Kyle Slinko in the that's 19 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they beat us before in uh, in a tournament way back in the day, 2018, 2019, something like that. Um, it's awesome to see, right? I mean, he had to come through the back draw. Big fan of that. Um, no, you hate the back draw. No, no. I hate the back draw when there's no point to the back draw. I love the back draw. Got it, like, got it, got if it, you yeah, can yeah, come yeah, yeah, all right. the way back around, I am there for it. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't come back around, what the hell is the point? Yeah. Like, then I hate the back draw. Um, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, that's the type of, that's the unbelievable story that you have with a back draw. And, in fact, I almost think it's advantageous to, to have come through a back draw. Like, you kind of have momentum throughout the day. You're rolling. And he came down from a... 14 6 deficit yep. in the in the game to 15 so he won the two out of three mm-hmm. and from what i understand he vuk got up 14 to 6 so he's match point match point sobek calls a timeout okay timeout's over and then vuk calls a timeout to kind of be trolly and that did not work out well. backfire all time backfire <laughs> Bigly. Yeah. Bigly. Um, I think that that's from 14-6 to win a gold medal has got to be probably one of the best pickleball comebacks of all time. Good segue. There are. So (laughs) so there's a couple. There's a couple other ones that do that come to mind. Ben and Colin at the 2019 Franklin Pickleball Masters, they came down from 10-1 down to Kyle Yates and and Matt Wright to win. Um, I'm curious, like, 
I w- we should do a full segment on this next time. Top five best comebacks in pickleball. But I want to see what the viewers have to think. Like, what are some of the best comebacks in pickleball? We'll do a full segment on it on it next time around. But like, I'm curious where we're gonna rank this uh, this Sobak comeback for for gold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, what else was there from uh, from New York? I saw that they were on Good Morning America, which is yeah, they're on Good Morning pretty America. Badass. Michael Michael Strahan should never pick up a, a pickleball paddle again unless he gets some lessons. Uh, that was cool. So it's kind of second time, you know, pickleball has taken over uh, New York. Uh, Rob Nunnery kind of, you know, makes a statement, you know, gets a gets a gold. You know, he's sort of laying low for a while. And uh, he's back, so shout out to him. Congrats, he's playing Rob. well. It seems yeah. like he's playing well. Yeah, seems to be making some noise. Do you think he's? Uh, you think he's kind of uh, on that short list to be in uh, Premier? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I don't know if he's playing any of these PPA tournaments. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I be. I think people are going to put more weight in the PPA tournaments. Um, because you know he's he's been doing well, doing well with Andre, playing good mixed. I think it was him and Susanna, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Susanna, I think, is somebody who's on the short list to be on the uh, in the premiere, and I think she probably should have been in premiere this time or in, around. Yeah. But um, Susanna is a very very underrated player, and I think Nunnery he's, he's in the conversation. I don't know. Is part of it because she looks so unassuming, like she's just such a an or, unorthodox way of playing. Probably. I know she loves to be called unorthodox. <laughs> she she loves it when people assume that she didn't have a tennis background too. So a lot of times, I mean, I've heard it so many times. They're like, Susanna, how are you so good at playing pickleball? You don't have a tennis background. She's like, Yeah, I do. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, okay. Uh, Susanna's partner. Uh, wow, great match. Uh, let's yeah. just move on from there. Right. But yeah, she does things differently, and this is not a solved game. Like, she's one of the things that she does is she hits she's called the net lord right because she hits so flat and low over the net so little margin but she's so consistent with it and maybe it's just the way that she hits the ball in a little bit unorthodox of a way Mm -hmm. but it works it works really well in mixed and she's good at keeping the guys honest because she's very very difficult to to read um so yeah Susanna's a beast i love playing with Susanna. what do you think about this vuk guy I hadn't heard of him. I guess it was his second pro tournament. He's a beast too. I think he's he's a little bit of a of a character. I don't think he was winning too many too many friends out there. From yeah. what I from what I hear. Right. I think he, he was kind of like the prototypical tennis villain. Oh yeah, yeah. He did. I think it, to go up fourteen six, didn't he do like a like the Aaron Rodgers discount <laughs> double check move? But then he loses. Yeah, that just ages Top. so badly. <laughs> that ages so Top. badly. I can't believe. Memes of pickleball. What the hell have you been doing? Where were you last week? Yeah. Unreal. Um, have you played him? No. I'd never seen him before. Okay, wait. You have one more uh, best comeback of all time. Your own comeback. Oh, yeah. I, I did have to. It's just one that came to mind. I want to hear more come, comebacks from the uh, from the viewers because, you know, the matches that come to mind are, are mostly mine because I was there and I remember them. But... I do think this is a legitimate, very good comeback. Um, I played Dylan in Chicago in 2020, and Altoff and I, the, the night before, we won gold at like midnight because it, it had rained. Yeah. And it was the, the, the epic 17-15 match over Adam Stone and, and Jay DeVillier. And so I was pretty beat, and I played Dylan in like the quarterfinals or something. And he won the first game in a close one, 12-10. And he was up 10-0 in the second game. And I fought off like it had to have been like eight or nine match points and and won it. And then I also got down 8-1 in the third game and came back and and won it as well. So that was a that was an epic comeback, but it wasn't like a it wasn't a gold medal match, right? It wasn't it wasn't Sobek coming back to do that for a gold medal. It wasn't Ben and Colin coming down, coming back from 10-1 um, in a gold medal match. It was an epic comeback. If it was in a gold medal match, I would probably call it the best of all time. 
but it was <laughs> I, i'm serious like yeah. just just based on the numbers i think it's one of the best comebacks but you have to base it on the context too i think i think you have to weight the context with the actual right. comeback yeah okay so anyway viewers leave a comment what do you think is the uh are some of the best pickleball comebacks of all time all right cool i like it pushing your own propaganda as uh, always how do you like your paddle by the way where what happened to it it's right uh, there yeah i'm gonna we should play we'll play i'm gonna get back into pickleball now that i'm not running as much okay <laughs> here we go all right i think i say that every episode then. uh let's talk about this because it was um in a sport that doesn't have a lot of news, this was breaking news. Uh, and Trap had a funny thing about how, like, for some reason this is news, and it was, like, the biggest news, uh, was Riley Newman, like, making a statement, which I thought it was funny that he made a statement, which I think is him just trying to get ahead of the fact that he's not going to do it. But he says he's not going to paddle tap in between games, only post-match. And I didn't even realize that this was... Until somebody pointed – until Riley pointed it out, I didn't realize how weird it was that, like, the players come together after every game and, and touch paddles. But Riley's not going to do that anymore. What are, you, what are, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Pers- I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, right. Personally, I, I like it. I think it's unique to, to pickleball. Um, and I think it's probably because in pickleball, 99% of people play games. They don't play matches. Do you ever play matches when you're in practice? I don't practice, dude. Yeah, that's right. You don't play pickleball. No wonder, <laughs> no wonder your duper is a four. <laughs> yeah, three, but, three, eight. Three, eight. Get it right. Um, nobody plays matches in practice. You play matches in tennis practice, right? You go out and play matches. Nobody plays matches in pickleball. So you play games. You tap after the game. Right. I kind of like it. I'm maybe I'm weird like that. I, I like it. I think it's unique to pickleball. I don't give a shit what Riley does. He doesn't need to tap my paddle. That's fine by me. Yeah. Like you can yeah. add to the tally. Yeah. <laughs> That's all three for you today. Thanks, asshole. This this. <sighs> Here, take this one. That one's shit. <laughs> Racking them up right now. By the way, we got a pretty long email about that. Did you see that? Did you get? So no. I took a screenshot of it. I did not see any email about that. I sent it to, uh, I sent it to you and Tim, but then I looked on my computer and I apparently didn't send. But we got a. So I don't think you got it. We you got. Sent, you did send me a blank text message, which I ignored. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, just can you respond to me, dude? When I text you, okay? I do. T- I do respond to you <laughs> when you text me stuff that's not a blank text message. What do you mean? <laughs> we got maybe a five paragraph email i'll send it to you after this someone i think she's like she's a ref she's involved in the organizations and she was like i do not appreciate you swearing i think you should be respectful i think you shouldn't be doing this even if it's for a good cause and it was like really long and and thoughtful and at first i was like get this out of my face and then i thought about it and i was like same thing with donna you know like i feel like my my parents, my grandparents would say the same thing. And to a degree, uh, I agree with it. We should be respectful and not, not force it. But, um, yeah, we got called out pretty hard for, for swearing last episode. All right. Well, you can forward it to me. I probably won't read it. <laughs> to whomever that referee or person is, go listen to NPR. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, my only, that's my comment. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I don't think they swear on NPR. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, uh, National Public Radio. Are you yeah, familiar? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Very okay. familiar. Yeah, anyway, you can listen to Thomas. You can just not listen to me. You can put me on mute. NPR a little controversial these days. Apparently. Is that the case? Apparently, everything's controversial. I mean, even our podcast, we're trying to raise money. <laughs> <like>. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Riley Newman says, I'm not going to paddle tap. And everyone's like, oh, my God. But that's it. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on the on the paddle tap? I, it just doesn't, it's, it's irrelevant, right? Um but I do think he, in my mind, if I'm him and I'm like, I'm just not going to paddle tap anymore, then I want to get ahead of it so that I don't look like a jerk the next time I'm out there playing, right? Fair. I want to like clearly state, hey, this is this is why I'm not doing it. He said it was going to improve the optics of pickleball. Did you read the statement? I did. Yeah, improve the optics of pickleball. I don't think he needs to say that. Just say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just don't want to paddle tap. Yeah, I mean, I think that... The- 
improving the optics is a that's an interesting debate because in in one way it's a good optic that these people are all you know good sports they they tap paddles after after a game yeah but on the other end i understand what he's saying it doesn't happen in other sports it can be it can make it feel like this is too kumbaya although we know that's not the case if you're on the inside these days yeah so yeah i don't know i don't know what i think about improving the the optics yeah i know I just like it. I like the I like that it's a little bit unique to to pickleball, and I like that it is you know good sportsmanship if you choose I, for it to be. I like it because it's another moment for the the players who are in the heat of battle to come together, potentially chirp each other, fair, make a little comment, not paddle tap, send a message, and it sort of adds to the drama. So do you think do you think other players are going to follow suit? I know Leia's done. Leia, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's done for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> she's 100% no, that's done. That's what Leia was saying. She was like, oh, well, I'm the bad guy when I do it. But if Riley makes a statement, then right. everybody's like, oh, that's a that's that's great. Good. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, you should put that in your back pocket, though. Anytime you want to, even if it's like completely irrelevant, but you want to you have some little thing that you care about that you want to get out there, just put it in statement form. There you go. Put put anything in statement form. I'm going to stop wearing underwear when I play. <laughs> put it in a statement. Everyone will talk about it. PPA will collab post with me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think it's who cares. But, you know, pickleball news is news. So people are going to people are going to talk about it. Um, what else we got? So we didn't do a. A meme of the week. I didn't prepare for that, though. I didn't. I didn't prepare. It's, it was a light week of memes. Yeah, it was a pretty light week. I don't know what memes of pickleball is doing. Sleep at the wheel. <clears throat> Sleep at the wheel. Um, um, I mean the <laughs> the only other thing is this Randall Emmett doc. Have you seen this thing? No. I watched it on Hulu. What uh, What even is this doc? You know who Randall Emmett is. I know who Randall. For Emmett those who is. don't know. Uh, he is somebody who is very, who has previously been involved in the pickleball world, hangs out with pros, had a lot to do with like, you know, I mean, Franklin even released a paddle, the Randall and Lala paddle. Yeah, he's buddies with Adam Franklin. Uh-huh. They know, yeah, they know each other, I guess. Yeah, I know he's invested in the space and uh, he... He loves pickleball. He's the guy that played with Riley Newman. He he paid to play with Riley Newman in Las Vegas a couple of years ago when Riley. He paid to play with Riley? Yeah. Riley lost a partner like the night before and Randall was like, hey, I'll fly in and I'll pay you X amount of dollars to to play. Uh, that sounds so he like was Randall. The, yeah. He was he he did it before Tim Parks. He's he's always been good to us. But apparently, I mean, all this news coming out on him, you know, he's involved with that reality TV show on Bravo. Is it the Vander? Is it Vanderpump? Vanderpump. Yeah, 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 I know. Thank you. I never watched that, but I know of it. Yeah. um, And uh, I mean, an article came out on him where he's like, I mean, I'm just going to read the headline because I think they'll do a a better. I mean, there's all sorts of, you just got to look this guy up. But there was one article on him. I mean, like, here's one, the Randall scandal, love, loathing, and Vanderpump. And so Hulu released an entire documentary on how, like, <laughs> anything and everything you can do bad in Hollywood that you hear about, it sounds like he was he was doing. Ooh, so it's a documentary on him. On him. Oh, and there's even like a moment in the documentary where they're like doing pickleball stuff and like playing a pickleball tournament. Does not does not paint him in a good light. But I bring it up because he's so involved in the pickleball community that it's like Yeah, interesting. I mean, he was one of those first Hollywood guys to be like out yeah. there really like promoting pickleball. Yeah. Like I feel like he probably helped spread the game. For like, sure. I'm sure he had a big a pretty big influence sure. on it. Yeah. Um, but I guess if you play shitty games, you win shitty prizes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was two. Yeah. Yeah. It was one phrase. Come on. One phrase. Is that how you do it? God, it's been a while since I've been in school. Oh man. You're going to, you're going to give me two for that. Yeah, bro. It was one phrase, bro. <laughs> one phrase. Oh, we're, going, we're going phrase by phrase now. <laughs> you can't move the, you're moving the goalposts. <laughs> I suppose so. Goalposts. This, this habit's getting expensive. Damn. Um, 
All right, well, we covered that. I mean, if you haven't watched it, you got to go watch it. It's pretty, pretty, pretty insane. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he is, uh, he's an interesting character. He's fun to, he's, I had one dinner with him. He's fun to, to be around, but yeah. um, I don't, I don't know him personally. At one point he was going to buy my NFT, but that didn't happen. That's another story. <laughs> I created the chainsaw. An, I created an NFT of the world's first chainsaw serve. Yeah, I dude. sold it for like two grand. Really? Yeah, it was back in the the heyday of. Yeah, NFT. I wonder what that is worth. I remember you. I remember you doing that. I think we put it in our newsletter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a little while. That was like right during peak NFT time. Yeah. I've. I don't think it's. It hasn't been transacted at all since otherwise i'd get oh, a, weird yeah weird, no, I, I, weird people aren't clamoring for the rights to that but it's cool i mean the the, the deal is is kind of cool i get like a 10 percent cut anytime it's transacted in the future which is which is cool if it ever gets transacted NFTs in the future make a make a little comeback make a comeback yeah or if the ether makes a comeback too. yeah we, t- we talked about last episode how there's like all you know we've seen a bunch of pitch decks and a lot of people trying to get in the space with all sorts of different businesses and um ideas and one of the ones that we used to see so often was nfts and like pickleball coin like mm-hmm. cryptocurrency stuff mm-hmm. it's like that has completely vanished oh yeah yeah we'd see like one a week and now it's just gone yeah i've been approached by uh, by a couple of those and i think now to get people on board it's so much more difficult after after a bunch of those people that endorsed shoot what was it um like kim kardashian and tom brady they all endorsed this. oh yeah um it's like the biggest one. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but they endorse it. They're all tangled yeah. up in lawsuits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. Um, man, I can't remember what that one was called, but yeah, that was like oh FTX. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh huh. Um, but yeah. All right. Should we? Uh, anything else? Because I'm gonna read you these uh, these uh, questions from the from the donors. All right. Let's do it. So. Stop Alzheimer's Now questions. We, if you make a donation to Stop Alzheimer's Now, um, we will read your questions live on air as we are, as we're doing right now. You can go to stopalzheimersnow.com or something like that. <laughs> uh, just Google it. Hey, a little prep would go a long way. Okay? <sighs> You're right, <laughs> but um, if you include your uh, your question in the in the submission, and you can make a any sort of any donation that you want um we actually raised 170 bucks from questions last time which is pretty good although i am outpacing that on my own with my mouth um, i feel like so i got reprimanded by like my grandma and now i'm like scared to swear that's fine you, your grandma is cool you don't have to swear <laughs> i swear enough for the both of us so yeah, that's correct you're doing a good job yeah, uh, but hopefully these the donations uh, are what uh, really make the impact. So agreed. Should we? All right. Do I do I read uh, first and last name? Yeah, they can put. Yeah. So Richard Baquette, Richard Baguette, Zane. How much for lessons like Brionis does to be guaranteed to raise my duper from a three zero to a three five at best to a solid four zero? I'll donate the cost to Stop Alzheimer's Now. Plus, I want you to sign your most winning paddle sponsor, Franklin. This is breaking my brain. Let's do. We got to work on our grammar when we submit these questions. I'll donate the cost to Stop Alzheimer's Now. Plus, I want you to sign your most winning paddles sponsor, Franklin. I own one of your pre-used paddles dated with Sharp. All right, we're going to take this piece by piece, okay? Yeah. How much for (laughs) lessons like Brionis to guarantee to raise my duper? Um... I, they're free to answer your question, but feel free to donate to, uh, to stop Alzheimer's now. So you guys can go to my YouTube channel. That's where I essentially do lessons. I'm not really doing too much in-person stuff anymore. I really do enjoy putting that content out there, invest a decent amount of money into doing it. So you guys can check out my YouTube channel for free lessons. There you go. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that because the, the rest is just is, is very, very confusing. But he says, let's go Scrappy, which apparently is one of your nicknames. Scrappy, I like it. Yep. I like it. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for making the uh, thanks for making the donation. Much appreciated. This one is from Dink McDinkmaster. 
apparently. Oh, yeah. Zane, how do you think the PPA, Pro Pickleball generally, would be different today had they not outlawed the Zane Saw serve? I think that every single player would have adjusted by now and we're all we're all athletes everybody would be able to to read exactly where these spin serves are going and the only real impact would be on spacing meaning like you can pull somebody slightly further out wide in in singles or if a mixed doubles team or doubles team is stacked you could pull them a little bit more out wide and make them run a little bit more so really I just think it would result in an additional opportunity to showcase the athleticism of the pickleball players on the court. That's my take on it. I like it. Um, can you talk, sidebar, a little bit about the impact and importance of a, a hard serve versus just getting it in and how that differs between singles and doubles? Yeah, I mean, if you watch any singles right now, nobody's just you know lollipopping the serve into the box. Like you really want. So here's the thing. I think that depth is more important than a hard serve because your main objective chainsaw, no chainsaw throughout time. My main objective with the serve has been to keep the opponent as far away from the kitchen as possible. Mm -hmm. If you can keep them further back, a you have more space to hit to their feet and B you have more space to hit away from them the ball can angle away from them if you keep them further back. So if you hit me a, a serve that's super hard, but it lands in the middle of the box, that doesn't bother me. You could hit a serve that's super slow, but if it lands on the baseline, it effectively keeps me back. So depth is the number one priority on the serve, followed by power, placement, spin, all that stuff. But depth is definitely number one. Um, doubles same in doubles same in doubles um keeping your opponent far back from the kitchen line it gives you more space to hit your third shot you don't have to be as precise with your third shot depth is the most important thing but in singles definitely the risk to reward trade-off is is there mm -hmm. in doubles people are a little bit more um conservative with their serves you don't gain as much from really going after your serve in doubles as you do singles doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it, but there's a little bit less risk tolerance in, in doubles. So if you're going to take that risk, the risk should be depth, not power, if you're going to choose one over the other. Right. I think that uh, don't miss your serves in the net. Don't miss your serves wide. Miss your serves long. I think you can bake in one missed serve per game in doubles, and you can, I think if you're missing one serve per game in doubles, or maybe match in doubles. I think there's a return on that. And if when I'm playing singles, if I'm not missing 10% of my serves long, I'm not taking on enough risk. I'm being too conservative. Got it. Cool. That's for our three fives out there. All right. Jim and don't don't take that the wrong way. People are like, oh, but I think some people should focus on getting the ball in the box. Yes. If you can't get the ball in the box consistently, don't listen to what I said. Just get it in the box, right? But this is for the people that are making all of their serves. Nobody should make 100% of serves. I could play I could play the rest of 2023 and miss no more shots. Miss no dinks, miss no volleys, miss no serves, miss no returns. I could make every shot. I would hit them eight feet over the net, right to the middle of the court, and I would win no points. There's a risk to reward, there's a risk reward trade-off on any shot that you hit and the serve is no different. There's no shot in pickleball that you should make 100% of the time. I like it. Okay. Clip that, Jamie. Jenna Turton, give us your best pro tip for newbies. Oh, well, that could have been, but you got yeah, well, you got to no, come up with something not, else. That's not really a newbie tip though, that's the thing. Um I would say drill. I mean, it's 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 advice that a lot of people I'm sure have heard, but when you're first getting started, getting things into your muscle memory, like dinking and volleying, ready position, serving, if you drill for 10 minutes before you play or just warm up for 10 minutes before you play, that is so many good repetitions for you and it'll help you get better at the game quickly and it's more enjoyable that way. Okay. So. 
nobody asked me and nobody's going to ask me because it doesn't matter. But my tip you can address new- your questions <laughs> to Thomas. You can <laughs> my, address them. My tip for newbies, and I always tell people this, is figure out how to get into games that are with, in doubles particularly, three people that are better than you. Just play with better people. Don't keep playing with the same people over and over again who are your level and lower. The quickest way to advance in pickleball, in my opinion, is to play with better people. If you're uh, 3-5 and you can somehow squeeze your way into uh, 5-0 games regularly, you're going to be 5-0 pretty quickly. Or fair. You know, you're going to advance. So. I think that's I think that's true, but don't be that guy that's that's horrible and holding a, a game back. Like you need to Correct. be able to at least hold your own. I think. Yeah, I say that, but don't do that to me. Double standard. <laughs> well, don't worry, Thomas. You're not invited to our games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> that uh, one hit close to home. <laughs> still waiting. Uh, I don't think we we got anything else other than uh, no. We're gonna have Steve on next week. Uh, yeah. Which will be so. Good. If you guys have questions for Steve Kuhn, donate up. All right. He's going to be a great person to ask some questions for. So, yeah. yeah. Don't um, don't hold back. Yeah, you can ask whatever you want. Doesn't yeah. mean that he's going to answer, but you can ask whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Hell is not a swear word. Hell is not a swear word. It's a place. Subjective. That I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like we gotta end on. Yeah. All right, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie, darling. How's it gonna? Yeah.